Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Just um, a boring day at the Supreme Court this morning. I was, I'm, I'm a Supreme Court nerd. And, and so at 8 o'clock our time, when they were releasing these opinions, I'm there like refreshing the browser, refreshing the browser, reading the opinions. And like, oh, man, where's the big stuff? So there's nothing today. But there was something very interesting yesterday. Joining us to talk about what happened yesterday at the Supreme Court, former U.S. Attorney for Colorado, my good friend Troy Ide. Troy is a ridiculously uh, committed runner who runs like uh, 1,700 miles a week or something like that. Um, And Troy was just ranked uh, for the 14th year in a row as one of the top national experts on Native American law. Um, Troy, are you running some crazy ultra marathon right now as we're talking? Well, happy Father's Day weekend, Ross. Thank you. You too. I ran into a moose this morning, I have to admit. I was above Tiny Town. We don't usually get moose up there, but there was a big old moose standing there. <laughs> so I went I went the other way. I went uh-huh. Uh-huh. All right. Oh, that's so you. Yesterday, <laughs> yesterday there was um, uh, an interesting case, especially considering the kind of law you focus on, regarding something called the Indian Child Welfare Act. And I'm not a lawyer, but you know I read a lot of constitutional law. And sometimes, even with Supreme Court cases, they're relatively simple. And this one is definitely not. This is a 133-page tome, and it has to do with this law you talked about passed in 1978, the Indian Child Welfare Act, or ICWA, and what the court did by a 7-2 to vote in a case called Brackeen versus Holland was to uphold this statute to say that this law is constitutional and can continue to be applied. And, and what, it, what it does is, is it establishes a standard national procedure, if you will, in child custody matters, adoption matters involving Native American children. Uh, one quick question. Did you have any part in this particular lawsuit? You know, I did not. Um, we, we usually do file briefs, often for tribal governments, tribal associations. This one, though, uh, took so many years to unfold, and, and it ended up being three different cases consolidated. Uh, we did not file any briefs, so I, I did not participate in the case, but certainly followed it closely. I think it's one of the most watched cases especially among those who are following Native American law policy issues, maybe in my lifetime, one of the most important cases that's been decided. If you were a Supreme Court of one, if it were Chief Justice and God of all justices, Troy Ide, would you have ruled the way the Supreme Court did, or would you have ruled the other way? (laughs) You know, I I thought it was a fine ruling, and I have a a lot of respect for the the majority decision. Um, I I can appreciate all the perspectives perspectives, but I think I thought it came out the right way. And what are the key points? So what did it say the government can do? Well, well, let me just kind of explain quickly what ICWA does and then what the issues were, because the constitutionality of ICWA has been something that's been questioned for many decades. And in fairness, 
It was not uh, necessarily going to be an easy case. Uh, what ICWA does is it establishes a set of placement priorities that state officials are required to follow if there are uh, foster care placements or adoption placements involving Native American children. And if those adoptions or, or foster care placements arise on Indian reservations, the tribal governments have the authority over them. But if they arise off reservation, which is, of course, where most of them do, um, there is now this set and has been since 1978 of, of rules and preferences that apply. You can have uh, a non-Indian family that wants to adopt a Native child, but the, what the statute says is you have to first go, as a state official, you have to go to the tribe. Uh, if, the, if the child is, uh, is a member or is eligible to be a member of a specific tribe, and they have a chance to get to intervene and decide if they want to play a role. Mm. Then secondly, there are preferences that are then applied. Uh, the, the, the child's extended family would have the first right to have a foster care uh, or adoption placement, and then that would be followed by other members of that tribe, and then by other Indians, which is the legal term, other Native American families, and then non-Indians. So there is, is this... a set of priorities in the law, in federal law, that, that, that are applied. And so the issue was, can, can Congress even enact that? Is that allowed under our Constitution? And, and number two, do, does that tread upon the rights of the states to, to have their own procedures in family law matters? Is this a reaction to years of uh, Indian kids being stolen? There was a national policy in the United States until the late 1970s that Native American children would be consciously, often intentionally adopted out of their families and placed out of their families and in non-Native American families for purposes of assimilation. And so, yes, what Congress was trying to do was to stop that practice and to reverse it and to let the tribes have an authority that, that – they had traditionally, but had lost, you know, over the years of of, of, uh, of history. And so the idea was this would be a way to reinvigorate the tribe's culture. It would be a way for the for the Native nations to have more uh, of an influence, but also be a way for for Native families to stay together. In 1978, more than a quarter of all the children um, who are Native American in the country were were not. Uh, living with a Native American family at all. So that that was the issue that Congress was concerned with. Okay. And in this case, while they didn't reach the merits of every question they were asked, they said at least as far as what you've talked about so far, they can keep doing it the way they're doing it. Yeah. And what's so interesting is that first question was, can, can Congress even do this? Does the Constitution allow it? Where right. does the power come from? And the majority said that it, it is a power that exists. There's You can't point to a specific part of the Constitution you never have been able to say that Congress can make all the rules involving tribes. Uh, and just as Thomas points that out, he's one of the two dissenters. But, but what the majority holds is that this actually is implicit in the power that Congress has over tribes. Tribes are not independent governments in our society. They're what are called domestic dependent governments. That is to say they're part of the United States. They're domestic. They're dependent because they depend upon the power of Congress. Congress decides whether tribes can be recognized, whether they can even exist. Uh, the kinds of powers they have, Congress can always limit those powers or recognize them. And so the majority says it's been that way since the birth of the country, and that's the rule we're going to continue to apply. 
And so the, 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 the second part is, is this racial or ethnic? Is this some form of discrimination? The answer is no. It's a political status that Native people have. If you're Although I don't think the court actually reached that one, right? I think they punted on that one and said the people who are bringing that question didn't have standing. They, they punted on that question because it led to an equal protection argument. And, and uh, the, the argument, and you're exactly right, on procedural grounds, they didn't reach the equal protection claim. Right. But, 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 the, but, but, but I raise this issue because it's, it's certainly a question that I think I would ask or that others would ask. How is it that we can even have this kind of a, of a, a regime in the United States? If it's based on race or ethnicity, it would be you know, obviously not allowed. But it has been allowed, and the view Congress took in 78 is that because this is tribal citizenship, not ethnicity or race, uh, it's permissible. And that's why you can have preferences like that. It goes Troy, I gotta, a I've got to leave it here. Um, i got to leave yep. it here. i, I got to get you back on soon to talk about the attack by the Biden administration on, on tribes' ability to get oil and gas out of the ground. But we don't have time right now. Um, Troy Ide, former U.S. attorney for Colorado, one of the nation's very leading experts on Native American law. It's great to talk to you, Troy. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Ross. Take care. You too. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.